Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The chickens are coming home to roost. No, wait. That's just roosters, and that's what they do. It's high noon for Friday, October 23rd, 2020. So, Trump just completed another normalization deal between Israel and Sudan a third Arab country in the last two months to normalize relations with Israel. That is great. Will he get another Nobel Peace Prize nomination? Maybe. But we're really here to talk about the debate. So the third and, or well, no, not third. It was supposed to be the third. It ended up being the second because Joe Biden canceled the second because he was scared of COVID and wanted to do it on Skype. And Trump said no. And then everything was just fine. And they both did in-person town halls, which were largely pointless, uh, like much of Joe Biden's campaign has been. So last night was the second and final debate of this uh, never-ending campaign season. And it was the most dominating debate performance I think I have ever seen. Trump wiped the floor with Joe Biden and any analysis to the contrary is simply detached from reality. Uh, First and foremost, I have to say that my expectations were very, very low for Kristen Welker and uh, 
I should have uh, not expected that. She was magnificent. She did as good a job as a moderator could possibly do. I had rare, if any, problems with her moderation. It bothered me that she stepped on Trump's points a couple of times when he was bringing up some of the many problems with Joe Biden and uh, his son Hunter's laptop and Joe Biden's shady foreign business dealings. But besides that, she really was excellent. And so I think she deserves a lot of credit for that. I think that she is an example to what her colleagues in the media could actually be if they respected the institutions that they are part of. Uh, She was very fair. She was objective. Um, She didn't create and ask questions on false premises like Chris Wallace did. Um, So yeah, I have, there, there are not enough good things that I could possibly say about her to describe her performance last night. She was awesome. And in a moment like this, I would go so far as to say uh, it was heroic. Like she did what the country needed her to do. And uh, I really appreciate her for that. So Moving on, uh, let's go through a couple of moments in the debate, uh, stuff that, you know, jumped out to me. I mean, when I say that the performance was dominant, I don't just mean that Trump on the issues was better. Trump's demeanor was far better. Trump was stronger in his voice, stronger in his points, stronger in his conviction. He was funnier. His posture was better. His reactions were better. Uh, His grasp on issues was better. His ability to create complete, coherent sentences representing complete, coherent ideas was better. And he just looked like a more powerful, more energetic man on stage. And in a visual medium, that does matter. I don't think anyone would deny that that matters. Trump looked like the better candidate and the more presidential candidate last night, unquestionably. Um, You could know that it was a good night for Trump because if you follow along on Twitter with a lot of the reaction from the left and the faux intellectual center, like the people I was talking about yesterday, like the Atlantic writers and people at Vox, stuff like that. They, uh, they were being very nitpicky about very weird stuff. And then every time Joe Biden would do something semi-competent, they would be like, score one for Biden. We got him. But uh, that didn't happen. I don't know of any point last night where Biden scored points. He had some uh, some like set pieces, some lines that he had created in advance that he delivered, and I'm sure that the 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 basic bitch uh, Instagram and Twitter sphere, and I don't mean basic bitch like like women. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the, the basic bitch mindset of political commentary where they hear like a, a snappy line and think like, Oh yeah, he nailed him. Like, 
I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. Uh, No, Joe. First off, you're not going to shut down the virus. And that doesn't, that's not even a sensible idea. What does shutting down the virus entail? Getting us a vaccine quickly? Trump did that. Uh, What else could it mean? Letting it go away like it is? Trump also did that. But you have said you're willing to lock down the country. Even last night, Joe Biden asked for 100% of people wearing masks all the time. He literally said all the time. Um, And he has indicated that he would be into a national lockdown if that's what scientists recommend. If he's backtracking on that, fine. But it's only fine to the extent we let him get away with it. It's not that he really doesn't believe it or wouldn't do it. He's simply trying to say something more politically expedient, which is all he ever does. Joe Biden, in this campaign between the primaries and the general election, has taken both positions on a whole range of issues. And he's doing that so that no one can really nail him down on anything. Like you say to someone on the left in Pennsylvania, for instance, Joe Biden says he wants to ban fracking. And of course, Joe Biden has said that. But he's also said that he wouldn't do that. And so Democrats who don't want to think in Pennsylvania will be like, Joe Biden said he doesn't want to ban fracking. But you don't, like, there's no reason to believe that that's true. His entire party has been working for years and years in that direction. Joe Biden's not suddenly a stalwart on progressive overreach. And any pretense that he might be, which is what, like, the very smart middle tries to tell us, that Joe Biden is the reasonable moderate candidate, that's false, Joe Biden's party has been consistently moving in one direction, and Joe Biden has, at one point or another, accepted every single one of their extremist positions, including uh, defunding and abolishing the police, including banning fracking, including banning fossil fuels, including supporting the Green New Deal. There's no indication anywhere that Joe Biden will not submit to every single thing that progressives want. The idea that Joe Biden is going to be a return to normal is insane. So in the mix of the COVID conversation, Joe Biden uh, tried to pin 200 and whatever thousand deaths on Donald Trump. That is absolutely crazy. Joe Biden said we'd save 100,000 deaths Uh, lives just if we all wore masks. Now that is provably false. There's no indication whatsoever that we could have saved lives through mask usage. It hasn't been true anywhere in the world. Not one single place that has instituted a mask mandate has seen that mask mandate lead to any sort of dramatic reduction in cases, and certainly not in deaths. 
And Joe Biden keeps saying that he has a comprehensive plan. Well, what is the comprehensive plan, Joe? And he can't describe anything that Trump hasn't already done and isn't already doing. So what is his plan? It's it's Trump's plan just said by Joe Biden? Is there any indication that Joe Biden would be better at managing the same plan? Of course not. He failed completely on swine flu, as did his partner Barack Obama. That's just a fact. His own people say it. So Joe Biden's proposing the same policy, but just in a way that sounds nice to the maskies. And we have to pretend that it's legitimate or intellectual or well thought out or that a real plan even exists. And of course it doesn't. So back to the Kristen Welker thing, I think it was actually really interesting. Uh, I'm going to analogize this to sports. You know, they used to talk about like basketball coaches like Phil Jackson and Pat Riley. What they would do is that they would work the refs throughout a game and you know, complain that the refs were being unfair to their team in the hopes that the cumulative effect of making that complaint would convince the refs that maybe there was some truth to it. And then in a critical moment, they might be treated slightly differently in a way that benefits them. And so Trump was kind of working the refs for the last week, calling Kristen Welker, you know, a radical leftist, which If she is, she didn't act like it last night. And it's possible that that had a neutralizing effect on how the debate was handled. It's also, by the way, entirely possible that that mic muting thing was a real benefit, not only to the debate, but to Donald Trump. The fact that the responses were timed and measured, I think, was also of great benefit. You could see Trump paying attention to the clock, measuring his words, seeing what he could get in on time. And he was very confident and relaxed while Biden was answering, even when Biden was saying completely preposterous things. First of all, things that are factually untrue, things that are totally detached from the real world, um, just mumbling and babbling nonsense. All of those things are things Trump may have completely jumped on in the last debate, but didn't hear. And I think that that was of real benefit to him. At one point, they started talking about uh, Kim Jong-un. And Trump was talking about how they had a decent relationship. You know, they're very different kinds of people. And I'm sure that Kim's not a huge fan of his and he's not a huge fan of Kim. But the idea that they get along is a good thing for America. And that may well be true because we are not in a war with them. And Trump has started zero wars since he took office. And (laughs) Biden responded, we had a good relationship with Hitler before he in fact invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. Like, what? Joe Biden, the things that come out of Joe Biden's mouth, sometimes it is just too much. So Joe Biden tried to pin the uh, kids in cages thing 
on Donald Trump last night. And that backfired magnificently because Trump just kept hammering him. Who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages? Who built the cages, Joe? And of course, the cages were built under Obama and Biden. The argument that the kids in cages thing is Trump's problem, that Trump did it, that Trump made it bad, and that therefore Trump is racist, that's patently absurd. The only people who can believe that are the ones completely addicted to the central narrative. Everything comes from CNN. Everything comes from MSNBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post or the fucking Daily Beast. And the people who are obsessed with that still repeat that and they still believe that. So Joe Biden bringing that up, they think Trump's lying when he says, who built the cages, Joe? But even in the exchange, any reasonable person should be able to see that what Trump was saying was true because of the way that Biden failed to answer that claim multiple times. And because of the way it put him back on his heels, you know, and then uh, Trump was talking about how uh, children are smuggled over by coyotes, which he says coyotes like the, uh, you know, the, obviously the English pronunciation and then left and center Twitter exploded. These are some of them were like professors and political candidates and they were all like, oh, my God, Trump is so stupid. He thinks that illegal immigrants come over on coyotes, like as if they were like riding along their backs. They they ran out of horses and donkeys. So they saddled up on a coyote. And what, the coyote just jumped over the border fence? Come on. Look, in fact, here's the deal, man. Come on. Coyotes are, that's, that's what the people who smuggle illegal immigrants over the border are called. That's literally what they're called. This is not a new term either. It's been around for decades. I learned the term in maybe 2004 when I was working at a restaurant in Los Angeles and one of my friends there had immigrated illegally decades ago. Now he's a citizen. But he told me the story about him crossing the border with coyotes. So the people who are constantly telling you about immigration policy and how any immigration policy that is more restrictive than open borders is racist. Those people literally don't know the first thing about the immigration policy. Not knowing what coyotes means in this context is profound ignorance to the point where you should never, ever, ever talk about immigration for the rest of your days. Because you've already shown yourself to be a fraud right? You have this opinion, this outward opinion without actually knowing anything. So why would anyone listen to these people? And I'm talking about verified blue check Twitter users, aka Blue Anon, 
I love that term. I didn't think of it. I don't know who did, but I will use it till the day I die. I'm just kidding. That's probably a little bit too too often and and for too long. I'll think of something better to say before then, I promise. Uh, but it really won't matter because I'll be dead and then, you know. So at one point, Joe Biden was talking about Obamacare and why they hadn't gotten the public option done. And Joe Biden promised that he would get the public option done. Of course, there is absolutely no reason to believe that. And Obamacare has already had the individual mandate eliminated. And without the individual mandate, there is no method by which Obamacare could ever make sense financially, particularly not with a public option. But regardless, Biden said, we're going to make it better. We're going to add a public option. We'll call it Biden care. What? Then later, he he actually said that uh, the way he'll get things done, um, and this is in, in the immigration context, he said, uh, back then, I was not president. I was vice president. Now I'll be president instead. And so we'll be able to get it done. So basically, Joe Biden is declaring that the reason Obama didn't get the policy he wanted passed is because he wasn't good enough. Like it wasn't Biden's fault. It was Obama's incompetence and Biden being better at the job will of course get it done. No one could ever possibly believe that apart from how good or bad or corrupt Barack Obama is. There's no way that Joe Biden is more competent Joe Biden's accomplished virtually nothing in 47 years other than enriching himself and his family through international crime. And there's not going to be an end to this stuff coming out before the election. It's not like I feel any sort of need to say that that isn't true or that I'm speculating. There's overwhelming proof that that is true. And anyone other than a political candidate for president right now would already probably have charges against them. And of course, Joe Biden's being protected by the media. As I said yesterday, some of my close friends who in other areas are very uh, talented and smart have no idea about this story. That seems impossible to believe. Trump actually didn't uh, go for the jugular on that too much. He did have moments and he brought it up sparingly Joe Biden, strangely, was the first to bring it up, and God knows why he did that, but Trump could have hammered him on that considerably harder than he actually did, which, you know, tactically may have been a very good move so that it it didn't seem like he was only capable of talking about that, right? Um, Hopefully, him bringing it up the amount he did bring it up is enough to put some pressure on the media to actually cover the story. So uh, Tony Bobolinsky, who is the guy that has intimate firsthand knowledge of uh, Joe and Hunter's foreign business dealings and the money they made off them is today meeting with the FBI and Senate leaders. 
This thing is not going to go away. The man has proof. He has already made a public statement. And it's pretty obvious that he'd be willing to testify in a trial. So I don't know what Biden's escape hatch is other than more corruption if he's able to somehow win the election. And the fact that this is not getting coverage is is unbelievable to me. Uh, Joe Biden kept reverting, and Donald Trump actually called him out on it, which was great, to this, when you're sitting around the kitchen table and you can't put food on the table and, and you don't have a job and blah, 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 like, Trump, Trump called him on that. Like, Joe, this is just boilerplate political stuff. Like, you're just saying nonsense right now to sound like you're really connecting to the American voter. Like when he looks in the camera, when Joe Biden looks in the camera and he puts his two hands out in front of himself and he seems like he's very sincere and serious, that to me doesn't work at all. Maybe to some people that's impressive or that makes him look like he's a man of character. And Joe Biden tried to sell that pretty hard last night. Like, you know me, you know my character. I've been around. Again, what that is, is a total reliance on an acceptance or on the acceptance of a certain narrative. And that narrative is theorism. That narrative is not rooted because that narrative is based on a bunch of provably false assumptions. Like that Joe Biden is a great family man. He certainly is not. That Joe Biden is a a loyal and doting husband. He certainly is not. Joe Biden touches and kisses and sniffs and rubs children and women, even in formal situations, okay? Joe Biden has led his addict son through a life of international crime and bribery for Joe Biden's own personal benefit. There are many things that Joe Biden is. Oh, 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 sorry. I forgot to mention the fact that he was cheating on his old wife and Jill was cheating on her old husband when they got together. Their affair was both of them being adulterers. And then, oh yeah, Joe Biden's mentor was a grand Klegel and exalted Cyclops of the Klan. And Joe Biden eulogized him at his funeral. So the idea that we are just all supposed to trust and believe that Joe Biden is a good and decent man, that is just, that is just uh, mythology. It's fable making. There's a story about Joe Biden's goodness that people believe because Joe Biden can evoke some sense of, of, of righteous determination and passion when he speaks. But there's nothing else beyond that or behind that. Joe Biden is not a good man. Joe Biden has been selling his office for four decades, okay? And I've talked about this enough, so I don't mean to harp on it. But Joe Biden is a total failure as a politician. He survives on corruption and making use of the Democratic political machine to keep himself in power. Joe Biden did virtually nothing to earn the nomination. Out of nowhere, 
he just became the favorite for black voters in South Carolina. I don't think you're going to see that replicated in the general election. Trump is going to have massive support, or at least relatively massive support, from black and Hispanic and Asian populations. And one interesting thing uh, that happened last night was that Joe Biden, when he was making one of his ridiculous claims about how Trump is the most racist president ever, he said, this guy told the poor boys to stand down and stand ready. Now, if you recall from the stand back and stand by incident, that's what Trump actually said, stand back and stand by. And they're called the proud boys, not the poor boys. But I'm sure that Joe has some real deep knowledge of the threat that the proud boys pose. And of course he doesn't because that was a complete canard to just make it seem like Trump was uh, very allowing and accepting of white supremacist violence, which he has not been at any point. But so Joe said, stand down and stand ready. If you remember my explanation, what I said was, Trump said sure multiple times as Chris Wallace was asking the question. And Chris Wallace was the one who introduced the phrase, stand down. And then Joe Biden introduced the group, the Proud Boys to Trump. And so Trump said, yeah, sure. So fine. Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. He took two swings at what Wallace said and missed both times. Wallace said, stand down. Trump said, stand back and stand by. Last night, Joe Biden tried quoting Trump and said, stand down and stand ready. Neither of those things were what Trump said. So Joe Biden did the exact same thing and made the exact same error in the exact same way. He was trying to quote Trump by saying, stand back and stand by. And he said, stand down and stand ready. Now, stand down is what Wallace initially suggested, but it wasn't what Trump said. So Joe Biden misquoted Trump the same way that Trump misquoted Wallace. And we're supposed to still believe that Trump was giving out dog whistles to a white supremacist organization that isn't white supremacist. And Trump's racist for that. This caused a massive problem among very important, very smart, very woke people. This is like a three-day issue for the central narrative media. And Joe Biden made the exact same mistake. Biden uh, was forced into the position of making excuses many times for uh, he and Obama's administration because Trump kept saying, oh, Joe, why do you, you know, you say you're going to do this now. You've been in political office for 47 years. You were just vice president for eight years, not very long ago. And you guys got none of these things done. Right. And, uh, and Joe said, well, yeah, you know, well, it's because we had a Republican Congress, which first of all, isn't true from 2008 to 2010. They had the White House, they had the, the House of Representatives, and they had a supermajority in the Senate, which is what allowed them to pass Obamacare. 
Sadly for them and for the country, Obama made Obamacare a priority, got that through, and it was so unpopular that he wiped out his party in the next three election cycles. Obamacare is directly linked to why they lost the midterms in 2010. And with that, they lost the ability to pass more of their agenda. That is, be- that is what being bad at politics looks like. And Obamacare might be dismantled completely. But regardless, Joe now is saying that Obama hadn't done a good enough job on some of the other policies. That's why those didn't get, get uh, passed. And then he's blaming the fact that they didn't have full democratic power in government, even though they did for a time. But the truth is Joe Biden just isn't competent at leading, obviously, because he's willing to say whatever sounds like it'll work for him. I already talked about that in this episode, but that's genuinely true. Joe Biden will say anything to get more power. And that is why he says all the crazy shit he says. And one of the final things, you know, they uh, Trump hit him a couple of times for talking about banning fracking. Joe Biden had the temerity and incredibly poor judgment to rather than have an answer to Trump's claim, he said, I've never said that. And Trump's like, it's on tape, like on video. And Biden's like, well, you show the tape. And Trump's like, well, I'll happily put it up tomorrow. And Trump had just days before shown a video of Biden and Kamala Harris at one of his rallies in Pennsylvania saying over and over again that they wanted to ban fracking. They wanted to uh, end fossil fuels altogether and move on from them. So Biden should have known, of all things, that the tape existed, you know. He could have handled the question in a way that would have maybe uh, dialed down the impact of this flip-flop. But he didn't. He said, produce the tape. So now the tape's there, even though it was already out there and, and everyone paying attention already knew it. But now he's put it out again. And of course he did. Because Biden tried to call him out on something that he was provably wrong about in the real world. And it it doesn't even take someone with a sophisticated understanding of any of this to be able to watch that video and be like, oh, yeah, Joe Biden just lied. Then Joe Biden also declared that he wanted to get rid of oil companies. Now. I think there's a million jobs in the United States in the oil industry, natural gas, all this. Joe thinks that he's going to be able to say that and go down and win in Texas or win in Pennsylvania. That's insane. Like this is, this is what being an absolutely talentless politician is like. Joe Biden is not leading anything. He is trying when he can to pander to the fringe of his party without losing the middle 
and then he will pander to the middle and try to do so without losing the fringe. And he comes up with neither. And in the meantime, declares no sound position, no principled position whatsoever. And he gets away with it because the media doesn't care. And one thing became really obvious last night um, when Trump was talking about the results and how you actually have to achieve results. Like, Joe, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you do anything for 47 years? Why didn't you do anything other than make yourself rich? And the truth is that Trump considers the job of president to be a real job. And he's supposed to be in there making positive changes for America. Joe Biden, on the other hand, has spent his career trading power and seeking money. What about Joe Biden could on, on the debate stage could possibly tell you that Joe Biden is prepared to take over the American presidency, set an agenda for the country that the country will support, and then execute that agenda? There is no reason to believe he is capable of that. And despite anything about Trump's personality, you cannot, with a straight face, say that he has not accomplished a profound number of positive things for America. He has. The list is like almost endless. And again, I just I just named another one at the top of this podcast. The normalization of relations between Israel and Sudan. Trump is literally creating peace in the Middle East, something that people have talked about for decades. He is doing it. He is making that happen. That alone would be an incredible accomplishment for a first term. But of course, that's not all he's done. He's also put us in the best economic position we've probably ever been in. And if he gets reelected, that is going to skyrocket. He started the Space Force, which people on the left laugh about, the same people who have no idea what coyotes are. They laugh about it because they don't understand that we will be uh, getting energy from outer space. Mining asteroids, that's the sort of thing that will be in our future. And we need satellites and we need security systems. All of these things happen in outer space and we need military in outer space to maintain our competitive advantage and our security against China and Russia and other nations that will surely emerge. The list of Donald Trump's accomplishments is endless. Joe Biden has almost none except the 94 crime bill and driving in Americans into debt for his credit card and banking clients. Might as well call them clients because Joe's selling something and they're buying in Delaware. Joe's only other claim to anything that looks like success is being Barack Obama's vice president. And what did he do as vice president? 
he was assigned to be the point man on Ukraine. And he used that opportunity to enrich his family. There is nothing that speaks to Joe Biden's good character. There is nothing that speaks to Joe Biden's record of accomplishment. And Trump showed that last night to anyone reasonable enough to watch it. And all of this, everything I have said so far, almost entirely, all all the issues I've talked about, none of those were focused from, from my perspective on the fact that Joe Biden also looked very old and frail. His voice was shaky. Apart from his stuttering problem, he was still having dramatic problems speaking and forming sentences. Like, that's just true. And if you think that people don't watch that and don't see that and don't think, my God, that man is incompetent, you're wrong. People can try to to tell the stuttering story all they want. There's video of Joe Biden from 30 years ago. He wasn't stuttering. He was speaking clearly and loudly and passionately. That's the only reason anyone takes him seriously, in fact. So to say that now at this age, he has regained his stuttering problem. Well, even just making that claim is an admission of his deterioration. And that is the issue. So uh, tomorrow, or perhaps Sunday, actually, I think it'll probably be Sunday because I, I, I might have to make some, some edits on it. But I just this morning did an interview uh, with a man named Pete Peterson, and he is the dean of the School of Public Policy at Pepperdine. And we had a great conversation about uh, election security. And we talked about uh, ballot harvesting, voter ID, universal mail-in balloting, uh, all of that stuff. Great conversations, about 45 minutes long. I learned a hell of a lot. I think that anyone who's interested in that issue will learn a lot and uh, really happy with that one. But I have to edit that. So that'll go up on Sunday, I believe. But otherwise, I will be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to Hope's Fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon where I'll have additional daily ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, 
and Gab, and I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at imyourmoderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!